right. <laughs> well, welcome to the Beauty Beast podcast. My name is Demi. And I'm Melissa. And we and have a guest we- with us yes. today. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward pause because we know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Rachel Messick. I'm a nail artist, salon owner, I'm an industry educator based in Southern California. Rachel's and I'm here. I'm so excited to be here. I know. We've been trying to have Rachel on our podcast, I think, all of 2023. <laughs> I know. 2023 is, has been a wild year for everybody, but I'm super excited we finally got here. Mm hmm. Yeah. no pressure <laughs> I know <laughs> well if you don't know Rachel she's amazing um I met Rachel through Candace who we had on the podcast I think it was last year she was our first zoom recording which we need to redo our one with her because that audio was horrible before we knew how to work zoom or whatever but um, Rachel and I are educators for my nail stuff so that's how we met and became connected and it's been you know a beautiful friendship ever since yeah and I've been dying to get jumped into this gang for a while <laughs> <Yeah>. now so <laughs> it's true <laughs> no I'm, I'm super excited um so if you wanted I mean Melissa and I were chatting all positive things of course about you right before we jumped on um in regards to your social media and I was doing a little creeping of my own and I was just saying I was excited to hear a little more of your background just because I think you tap into a totally different part of the industry like than we normally even talk about the editorial work and everything like that. So can you give us a little background about yourself? Yeah, for sure. I, um, you know, I started out in the industry as a makeup artist. So I actually transitioned from makeup to nails. Um, if you've been following me for, you know, a while, this is this is not a news story. So apologies, but to any new people. Um, I started out in the makeup side of the business. So I worked in TV and film, kind of editorial, just, you know, making my way in the world as a young 20 something. And I kind of worked my way up to a corporate level at a makeup brand. And then I realized I've been climbing a ladder that has been leaned against the wrong wall. Um, I started doing my own nails just for fun and just fell in love with it. So I transitioned from makeup to nails. Um, I want to say I started that transition about 2017. Um, and then I went pro with nails in 2019. So it's been a, uh, it's it's not been as long of a journey that, as I think people expect when they see my work with nails. But I think you know, in the beauty industry, if you've got a good business head on your shoulders and you're committed to learning, uh, you can really go far and it doesn't really take as long as you think it would. Um, but yeah, so I started out uh, in a salon suite and just doing salon clients. I kind of thought that was going to be my path. And just as it turns out, when you're on the path that you're kind of meant to be on, I feel like the opportunities present themselves. It's kind of up to you to kind of like choose your own adventure. So I went from just studio work to eventually educating work, uh, starting initially with Candace, uh, with my nail stuff. And that's how I met Melissa. And then I'm also mm-hmm. an educator for Coco West USA as well. Um, and I dipped my, dipped back into the world of like editorial and celebrity work uh, that I honestly didn't realize I would be back into when I started doing nails. My, my plan was really to just do salon work and just kind of be happy doing that. And then I got approached by, and this also never happens this way. So 
I would have died if this happened to me when I did makeup, but you know, a friend of mine was signed to an agency and they just happened to be looking for nail artists. And so my agent uh, at the time reached out to me and, you know, wanted to represent me. And that's how I kind of got back onto that side of the industry. So I do about two days a week in my salon. um, And I kind of leave that extra space open. We have a nail art shop online as well, vacationnailshop.com. And um, I kind of leave that space open because commercial work, when it does come, editorial work, all of this work, when it does come, it kind of comes last minute. So I really have to have maximum flexibility. And thankfully, I have a great group of clients that's very, very understanding about my schedule. So that's awesome. That's really cool. (laughs) Already, I hear like another episode that we're going to have to do. (laughs) I know, I know. For, for real. Um, with the salon too, it's a collective space, Melissa was telling me. So everybody mm-hmm. rents from you and kind of runs their own business similar to what kind of we do over here in Florida, correct? Totally. And that's not the most common situation for nails, especially in California. Yeah. Um, it was really important to me. I, you know, I feel like I come from a place of privilege. Um, I wasn't the breadwinner of my household when I started doing nails. So I was working a corporate job and my husband saw me crying at my computer one too many times and was just like, please just finish nail school and try to make it work and we'll see where it goes. And honestly, it's flourished faster and more successful than I ever could have thought. So I just felt like it was something that I really wanted to pay forward and create a space in which other people could have support and community and build their independent career as nail artists. Because I do feel like that's the best way. For nailists especially, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the the, mo- the best way forward if you want to find success. I think it's within, specifically within the nail industry, it's very difficult to find ethical salons and ethical yes. salon owners. So. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I feel like definitely with the hair industry, that was the same exact thing that like kind of inspired us well it did inspire us to do what we did because it's the same type of thing I I mean I do think that there could be a space for a positive commission style salon if it's ran very well but it takes a younger fresher mindset that's willing to kind of change everything that like the blueprint of what a commission salon was um Mm -hmm. so totally on the same page right that's why we created our space in the same type of light of wanting everybody to be able to run their own business and not have this like glass ceiling um and be able to just grow and do their thing with zero competition like totally (laughs) totally and it's you know the the ladies here it's such a great space and everybody gets along um it just so happened it was like a law office that they had moved out so it was already kind of partitioned in a way that worked for you know a like private little nail studios but it's I just can't imagine doing it any other way like I'm fully someone that likes to be around other people and to work with other people and the sweet life was just very lonely mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's exactly where Melissa and I got to like yeah. we were in the same suites but we were both like hey like every <laughs> chance we could get I would like walk in circles around the Phoenix <laughs> suites just to see if any of my other friends were working and I'd like pop in and say you know what I mean I'm just like no like at yeah. least here, if, if I'm the only one working, I can just go downstairs and like we're in this cute little downtown area in Orange and it feels like the town from Gilmore Girls. So I can just, you know, nice. if ever I'm lonely and I'm alone here, I can just go walk down and get a coffee or chit chat with, a, you know, one of the shop girls. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I yeah. love that. 
So I think it kind of, considering the fact that we do have similar experiences in far as like the salons that we're in, um, I guess it leads us right into our topic of the day, which is bartering services and how we mm -hmm. feel about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, I know Rachel has some thoughts. Oh, I've got big thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Melissa and I are the only, we barter only with each other. Like yes, we're that's only it. two bartering relationship. Well, and that came about because I think it was for like a year, year and a half. Like we yeah. would literally send the same Zell like back and forth to each other. And yeah. Demi's old assistant was like, really guys? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like this is a bookkeeping nightmare. Uh, it is. <laughs> No, I fortunately, I've had pretty strong opinions on bartering services uh, for a while. And I think that's something that I think going into the industry slightly older had afforded me. Um, mm. You know, when I was on the makeup side, there was like a big game that people would pay like a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, except my back scratch never always came. So I've always been a little bit, you know, iffy about that. And I feel like anytime I've gotten into a situation of bartering services, it always ended up being unequal yes mm -hmm. and I that agree. could go on both sides I think that's the like most difficult part too like you could go into good into it with good intentions and it could end mm -hmm. up unwe unequal on your side when you don't mean for it to be and vice versa 100 um, yeah like I when she brought it up I was like what are you sure but are you sure but are you sure <laughs> oh totally no it's totally. true yeah it's and I I think maybe for us like we're able to navigate it because there is that like friendship base too where like if she says like I need a few more foils like we're so close that like there's no offense being taken but I completely mm -hmm. agree like I'm I'm pretty stern on the no bartering. That's what we encourage, like with any of the girls that are in the salon um, that it kind of comes up with. We kind of don't encourage it. Melissa and I tend to give the same advice when it comes to that, where it's mm -hmm. like, just do your services, know your price, know your worth or, you know, what they would pay, have them pay it and you pay for their services. Like it's mm -hmm. just an easier divide. Um, well, and I think like the bigger it's not even like an issue, but I feel like the issue I was having is that at the time, I feel like my, you know, when I was starting out, my services were priced a lot lower and I would have people like photographers and stuff, one of our barter services with me. Mm -hmm. Well, of course I want to be as an independent person, an independent business owner, I want to be fair to them. So I want to know what they usually charge. And it would have to be something like me doing six to seven services for them to meet what their day rate would have been to come take portraits of me at my salon. So right. it's, I feel like with nails, it's just the price point is usually so different. I do think there are ways that you can strategically barter services, but I think it has to be done um, with intention. And I don't, and I, I don't think it needs to be done with constant expectation, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. no, I agree. I think like if, if you're heading into the industry um, and we had a stylist that was previously at our salon where. I definitely saw like her strategic moves when it came to growth for social media. And I don't mean strategic in a bad way. I mean, strategic in a good way. You make yeah, certain totally. decisions when you want your feed to look a certain type of way, right? When you want to attract a certain type of clientele, you post who you want to attract. And mm -hmm. so 
I would definitely see like certain decisions. And Melissa, I don't know if you can relate with me here, because I think you Mm -hmm. probably know. And she's so talented. And like, from the beginning, like, she had it like you the way she Mm -hmm. styled the way she shot it like that is a talent that there's no way like it was she's very talented and so (laughs) I would see who she'd select to like shoot and have on her social media page and I'd also see that she'd started to like create a relationship where she would get pictures done trade services vice versa here and there to get that going I think that, like I said, that's a strategic move. And for her, it made sense because that was the direction she was wanting to go with her business. So if you're looking to to create a larger presence on social media and go that direction, then I think there may be more of the conversation for bartering services um, if it's done the right way. I just Mm -hmm. feel like there it's hard because there's so much gray area in that topic and it almost feels like it needs to be black and white. So no toes are stepped on. Well, and it needs that that darn gray area. Yeah. Yeah. And it needs to be, I mean, like Rachel said, especially like with nails, you know, nails is so much, it is a lower price point than hair, you know, like there's no ifs, ands or buts or anything like that. Um, Like, to have to do like six or seven services to meet somebody's day rate. Like that's right. You know, now that's kind of like, like I would rather just pay you what you're going to charge me. If you're going to charge me like a discounted rate or something like that, because we're friends or whatever, like that's fine. But I would rather pay it than to have to go because like most of my clients go, you know, can go three to four weeks with nails. So if I'm talking about giving up six to seven services, we're talking about a big deal, right? That's a bartering service that could be like six months long. And by that time, now I need you're not keeping up with it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I would say like, even with the situation I was referencing, she always paid the photographer for the content. But then there was a time where she was trading services with another makeup artist. So they were working together on that Mm -hmm. client to kind of create that full package. So I should have referenced them. The first point of talking about it is I, I think with it, when it comes to photography or anything like that, it's 10 times easier to just pay for that service because then you have all of the shots, you have all of the content. Mm-hmm. Maybe when it comes to bartering and trying to grow your social media, if there's the conversation of both of you are service providers and you're coming together to create this full package, and then maybe you guys say, well, we'll both do the services, but we'll split the photographer's day rate. Like that totally. maybe is my version of bartering that I think is logical, which is totally. the situation we saw unfold in the salon that made sense. And I was like, damn girl, totally. you go. Like the content came out beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's also, we also live in a world. So just to, I feel like a lot of the bartering that I see um, that I think kind of leads to burnout is like beauty professional to beauty, for, beauty professional to beauty professional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, I think there's also like a facet that we should talk about, which is influencers that want free services. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, like it's just, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. kind of like what, you know, when I did work on the cosmetic side of the industry in the corporate world, like I, I, got, I was on like the artist relations, like PR side, but only dealing with pros. Um, so just kind of being able to interpret like what was and wasn't of good value for us as a brand to like 
provide product for or what projects we would support, what editorials we would support. Um, like that's something I have a lot of experience with, but I do see a lot of like younger artists thinking that this person that has 50,000 followers, like a bikini model with 50,000 followers, who's going to get, you know, I'm going to do their lip blush or whatever for free and I'm going to get so much right. business. I just want to reiterate for anyone new out there, and I, I wouldn't even say anyone new, but within this industry, there is no rock you are going to turn over and find money. There is no easy money in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no. I, I post celebrity work on my Instagram and that does not get as much likes as a picture of glitter on a nude nail. Right. So, <laughs> right. Like, the, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so I think just really kind of having discernment when it comes to that kind of thing, because I think it's really easy. I think a lot of people kind of believe this, this over this hype of an overnight sensation. And I just, that just doesn't exist within the industry. There's nothing in this industry that comes without hard work, to be completely honest. Um, and I think when it comes to like, uh, sorry, off track, uh, bartering services, it's just, I think just really having clear parameters of what your expectations are within the agreement um, and what you're getting out of it. I think that's the most important thing because I do have friends that I tell them, hey, you're going to come in and you're going to model some nails for me and I'm going to give you a free manicure for your time. Right. That to me, I don't really see that as bartering services. Like well, in the same no, way. Yeah. Like, and like, I think like if you're starting out in the nail or in the beauty industry, whether it hair, whether it's hair, lashes, nails, just get people whatever. in your chair. Right. <laughs> like to me, having somebody be a model for you to practice your skill set and to practice whatever your technique is, and then to take pictures and post it on your social media, that is just again, you're practicing. You have an ass in the chair. So you know, it's whatever. And it's something for your social media to then find the right. people who are attracted to you. So yes, they're not quote unquote, giving you money or paying for that. But hopefully mm -hmm. you'll see a return on that investment in that free service. So I always say totally. like, if you're just starting out in the industry, you're going to do some free services. A hundred percent. And I you know what, honestly, like I, I'm, I'm in the world where I have an agent and I work in the entertainment industry and I still do jobs for free sometimes. Right. You yeah. can tell we're all passionate because we all want to say something right. and we oh. keep jumping in. <laughs> I know. No, I, yeah. I think it's like totally different when it comes to like making that decision on your own to provide the free service rather mm -hmm. than being asked to provide the free service. I yes. think it changes the entire situation when it comes to heading into doing said service um I think some of my takeaway from it too is definitely from like our other um like businesses that we have between the cabin and between the um hat page it almost gives you ability to kind of like source like how to handle this social media world a little bit more mm -hmm. because one thing I will say is no matter what business you're starting as soon as you start it um, you know, you're doing something right as soon as you start getting reached out to for free things, like wanting free things, like then you're like, okay, confirmation that what I'm doing is working. Right. <laughs> so it's happened in, you know, each of the brands, thankfully, we're super thankful for that. But the cabin's been one we've been offered multiple times for people to come in and stay for free as travel influencers. Um, and the hats, same type of offers not like stay for free, but meaning they want a hat in exchange for promotional stuff. Uh, it goes back to like what the points were being made before is you really have to think about what 
they could bring to you. Like when you were referencing like the bikini, I, I don't know if we said bikini model before it was in my head and I was thinking about bringing yeah. it up. Like we had been reached out to even on our hat page one time. Um, and we were kind of asked about creating a hat and it had happened multiple times. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to their social media, not to tear them apart. Cause listen, if you got 150,000 followers and you have 150,000 followers engaging and your content's good and you happen to be in a bikini, I think that that is dope. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But then I have to sit back and say, who's the audience? If she wears a hat. Yeah on her social media, is it really going to bring me sales or mm -hmm. is her content pulling in a different type of demographic and a different audience? That does not mean that I think she's doing bad at her job. It oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. A logical alignment for my business to offer a free item or a free service to her. Right. So yeah. if their content doesn't align to bring me business, then that's the end of it right there. Followers doesn't mean more business for you just because mm -hmm. somebody that reaches out to you with a large following wants something for free. You have to really look before you make that jump to make sure that makes sense. It's the same thing as like free services. Like I had times when I was building where I would get, you know, messages from people I'm in from out of town, right? Well, red flag number one, I'm in from out of town. So her follower base is not located where I'm running my business. Okay. Number one, I'm going to be here for two weeks and I'm only available on this day. Okay. Number two, she's not asking me for my availability for said free service. She's telling me her availability for the service that I now have to provide to her for free. <laughs> and so then you condense all of it and you say, okay, are they really connecting with my brand or are they sending this message to multiple people to see who's going to bite? And mm -hmm. I think that's the dangerous game we play with social media. Can I tell you one of my favorite things when back when I worked in the cosmetic industry, because I used to handle the artist gifting. So I would like be the one that people would reach out for free product if they were like pro artists. Um, if the font was different on the email, then I know they just copied and pasted it from Word. And sometimes they wouldn't, they would put the wrong name of the brand because they yeah. were just copying and pasting. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's it's mad so if you're because... reaching out to band brands to work out with them make sure that you like make the effort to write a personal communication <laughs> right, like a personalized <laughs> right like and actually we had had a situation not to go off of the beauty industry but i think it all ties back in with the experience of navigating that in our in our hat um oh my brand, god like <laughs> so sorry i'm just relieved that happened to you this time because last time it was me and I spiraled for the rest oh of the God. episode like get it together Demi <laughs> like, <Okay. one> <laughs> I didn't expect my phone to ring we have oh. been reached out to one time and the email itself was very abundantly clear that they had connected with our brand they had referenced things about us now, it could have been a strategic move on their side to hopefully activate a, a working relationship together, but that alone opened up the conversation far more than it ever had for us because it was clear that this was not just like a copy and paste to send to as many people as they could email, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, when it comes to bartering services with influ influencers, it's a no for me, dog. Like there's not one yeah. that I've ever, like, I just, I, and I, I hate to say it it's not out of lack of respect for what people are doing because this in like 
the influencer game's a tough one. Like it's hard work. You got to yeah, no, know thank you. about yeah. social media, even in a different realm of how we do. But one thing that I know that Melissa and I say all the time when we have our little vent sessions is I just know for me, like if there's a service that you like, you should not mind paying for it. And I don't 100%. think that, and I think when somebody's providing a service, it shouldn't be looked at that exposure means you shouldn't pay for it. Like if you want to ask for a shirt from a boutique, that's a little bit different in my opinion, because that is straight towards sale of a tangible item, right? That anyone so, can get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a different relationship to build. But when you're asking somebody to work with their hands, with their time, well, and I, I think, think pay for the service. And I think <laughs> that's what it comes down to because we're offering services. Like for right. us in our industry, time is money. So you're asking for free, you know, like for free something else that we could have like put another client in. And I think that you really have to, you know, navigate and decide if that's worth it. And like, what are you going to get out, get out of it in return? And like Demi said, I think influencers is not where it's at in our industry. No. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I, I, I do. And now I think like, again, if you have certain goals in mind for your own business, and a part of it is for you to have a large presence in the beauty industry, but have a large presence social media wise, like, let's say your goal is to really get well connected. I mean, we've seen hairstylists and makeup artists time and time again, kind of start to travel within that inner circle of like the YouTuber and TikTokers mm -hmm. and this and that, like, if that's your goal, then our perspective might be a little bit different than right. what you need to do, right? And mm -hmm. then maybe you start to build different relationships like that, if that's what you see for yourself too. But if you see for yourself building a stable um, income clientele. from a clientele, then that, then no, like no. doing these types of collaborations will not offer you that. It's going to probably offer you a large following and- in that realm of things, not in the large. Well, and it's, and it's like, it's if that, you know, right. If they remember yeah. to tag you, if they tag you like outright. Right. right. Um, but I do feel like, so what originally like set me off onto the bartering conversation <laughs> is there was like a TikTok that I sent Melissa and poor Melissa had to hear about this TikTok for like weeks. Well, and but now it it's like a running, it's now it's like a running joke. <laughs> well, I'm excited and to hear about it. It was, it was a nail artist and who is known for having gross practices for years okay for years. like he's, he's they've, they've got a reputation let's just put it that way yes and they posted a tiktok that said normalize uh doing nails for chicken <laughs> because some people don't have money and they may just want to <laughs> give you food face. in exchange for doing their nails i'm not like i wish i was joking and when i tell you the, but it was dead I, serious I, like this wasn't satire dead serious not satire because the whole entire uh the whole entire comment section was filled with beauty pros that were in my opinion i could tell they were all very green just based on what i was looking at or not um, even saying, beauty pros or not even beauty pros yes and i was just like hey this is like this it's one thing if you want to be strategic but this is like a this is like a one-way ticket to burnout town because you can't like because people are I can't like, pay oh, my I mortgage or my rent with chicken. So <laughs> I trade my I trade my I trade my eyelashes. I trade I trade all of this stuff, and it's just like I'm counting all the things these people are saying they're trading, 
And I'm just like, so you work a free day a month to get beauty services like, done? Again, like, like it's, a, yeah, that's, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. That makes no, no sense to me. And no. wait, like chicken for real? Cause that's like, no, not I a, kid like, you not. It said normalized yes. trading meals for chicken is what it said. Yeah, and, no, that's wild to me. Like, I don't want $150 worth of chicken. Just give me $150. Like, right. Right. And then let me buy the amount of chicken I want. Totally. And I'm, you know, like, I'm not a monster. Like, I've had clients, like, lose their jobs. And, right. you know, I've tried to work with them here and there. But I find, honestly, my, even clients that that's happened to were, like, too respectful to, like, take me up on that. Yeah, I have had, you know, over the years, especially after you build your relationship with your clients, eight to 10 years, there's been family things that have gone on super horrible situations where like, it just didn't feel right or ethical, like mm -hmm. to, to charge a full amount or to even charge like there has been times where I'm like, today happened for a reason. And you just needed to be in with us to vent and like, if that was my ability to to waive that service for the day, and that's mm -hmm. the like literal only thing I can do, nine times out of 10, they're almost insisting. And I'm like, no, like, let me do this. Let me, and then I mm -hmm. encourage them to pay it forward, right? But I will tell totally. you, the one time that I ever did it and instantly regretted it, I did it for a client that I thought was a good client. This was, I was much more green and I was still at, at the old salon. And um, she was so rude like she would nickel and dime me every single time she mm -hmm. was so nasty but she came into this me the same day that she lost like a very important family member so it just felt like so gross to me to be like anyway like this is the 95 dollars yeah so I, I was young and stupid and I'm like you know what we'll take care of your service today I have news for you the next service that she came in, she threw her cape at me because I had to inform her about our price increase and <laughs> said that she would never, remember we talked about this. Yes. Oh, I remember that. Yes. She ripped her cape off. She threw it at me. She made this whole scene. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You didn't even pay for your last service. So technically you should be like kind this service. And it was uh -huh. such a small increase. And I was like, Oh, and they walk in with like a thirteen dollars Starbucks, mad about a right. price increase. Yes. I'm like, guys, and yes. like, <laughs> to be clear, like we were saying this before. I think we even jumped on was like we're. I I know that we're all kind of in the same point clientele wise that we're we're blessed to not be experiencing like, you know, client breakups so often anymore, and like we can have these true meaningful relationships with our clients now without like all of the boundary setting going on mm -hmm. um and so then when you make the decision to maybe discount a service or your blow dries on me today considering everything's going that's going on like it's a lot more meaningful and it feels like it's coming from such a genuine place like I totally. yes like yeah. I had a client during <clears throat> 2020 she went like was you know laid off and she was she's older she's like in her 70s and I had raised my prices because that's when, um, you know, products started like going up more and more. And oh, when gloves started being $26 a box. I remember. Yeah. That yeah. So, and she was so <laughs> understanding and she came into her, you know, her next appointment after I said that my prices were going to increase and she was so sweet. She's like, Melissa, I just, I can't afford, you know, to keep coming. And it was, it wasn't that much. Like it wasn't, I think it, I think I went up like $5. It wasn't like a huge increase, but I get it. She's 
retiring now. She's on social security. She has a fixed income, you know, all of these things. And I just looked at her and I was like, don't worry about it. And like, and I haven't raised my prices for her since because, and Evan yells at me all the time for it. He's like, that's crazy. Not yells at me, but you know what I mean? And he's like, that's crazy that she's still paying this. And I'm like, but my time with her, I value my time with her. Like she is the sweetest, kindest person. She's followed me from my last nail salon to the suite to now where I am with Demi. Like I just enjoy and value our time. And she comes to me every four weeks. So if for once a month, I have to write off like a 20 or $30 loss. Like it's fine. It's not a big deal. She's the only one that I do it for. And, you know, I don't do it like all the time for clients. Cause like Demi was saying, I think like when you do make that decision, it's more meaningful. Like usually like if I have a client who's getting married, like their bridal set, I don't charge them for the art. I just charge them base. And I'm like, I'm just so excited. You know, mm-hmm. this is your right. gift to you. That type of thing. Yeah. Like when, remember when Alicia got married and like Mm -hmm. I had made the decision, I was like, I've done her hair every six weeks at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning for eight years. Like this was something that was exciting. And I, I decided to gift her her service for her wedding. Like it's not an everyday thing, but I knew I could do it that day. I knew I was okay to do it. So I made the decision Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like when you're in control of it and it doesn't feel like you're kind of being pushed into doing it, it's a completely different relationship when it comes to like offering a discount on a a service or something like that. Because it's a choice that you're making and it's a Mm -hmm. one-time thing. And hopefully, hopefully these clients are scrupulous enough to not go and tell everyone Demi does free hair if it's your wedding. Right. Right. If you tell if you tell Melissa that you're retiring and on a fixed income, she'll keep you at the lowest price the whole time. Right. Wait, wait. Right. You know, yeah. like like yeah, it's just it, think... you know, it's an understanding that that does not happen yes. all the time. Right. Right. It is. And I think when you build that level of respect with those clients, like you're not going to find that that is the conversation that's happening when they leave your space no. oh, and like, then you have that trust to be able to do that. I think it's all about building that confidence in yourself. Like being younger in the industry, it's terrifying to say no to anybody. Like I think mm-hmm. saying no is one of the hardest things to learn. I think I'm still learning that so much. <laughs> but like <clears throat> it's when you're wanting to just grow and you're wanting to to see that success come, you're willing to say yes to a lot more to see if it does end up on on your doorstep. I just think you have to heed the warning signs. And if you are like present in social media, then do your due diligence, like look through that, like the example that we used before of the stylist that was with us, she knew that the makeup artist she was working with had a great following. She knew that that relationship she was creating was going to create a great piece of content for both of their Mm -hmm. pages. That was a strategic move. It made Mm -hmm. sense. Not, oh my God, this girl that's flying in from you know I don't know wherever LA to Miami for the weekend wants her highlights done she wants her highlights done to go clubbing like that's the reality like I don't want to say like that's it she wants her highlights done for her she doesn't want her highlights done Mm -hmm. for your business she wants Mm -hmm. her highlights done so she can look fly 
And she didn't probably send it to just you. She sent it to a few people in the area to see. Yeah, she's going to line it up to get free services done. Mm -hmm. Right. All the time. And I just think that space is changing so much anyway. Like the social media landscape, it's changing. Like influencing is not what it used to be. No. Um, Yeah. You know, there was a point in time. Yeah, there was a point in time when it was, you know, it was a little different and connecting with an influencer would make a brand. Yeah, it's just not really like that anymore. I think people are drained a little bit of the like the lack of authenticity. I think when people see the same thing copy and pasted over and over again, when it comes to like the influencer world, I think it's lost engagement when before it gained engagement. And so now I think we're seeing that shift where people really actually align with seeing somebody that they can relate to more in your chair, right? So mm. like, even if it's a set of hands where I don't know, like their cuticles look a little buck wild because they bite them, right? Mm-hmm. And you're recording somebody that their cuticles look a little like the person at home. Well, maybe they're so self-conscious previous to seeing that content that they wouldn't come in for their service. But now that they saw that, they're like, oh, she works on people that bite their cuticles too. I could come in. <laughs> like, I think that's more welcoming, at least in our industry, than seeing some person that's not relatable to the mass population I mean totally I get the bulk of my business from my client photos people don't come to me because I did a celebrity magazine cover like that's right that's not why I get clients and what really drove my business when I first started out is that I posted nail art on short nails Mm -hmm. yeah see like that's relatable too most mm-hmm. people have short nails, like, and the people with really long nails, everybody's like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, like just asking inappropriate questions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I think so, it all comes down. I think the larger, the larger part of the conversation is just like being intentional with your business and just having a strategy with things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, I, I feel this, I don't think of like, I feel like, sorry, I'm like, bleh. When it comes to like bartering services or making strategic decisions, when it comes to like things that are going to be mutually beneficial for everybody that are also Mm -hmm. going to help take your business to the next level and have like a purpose within that world. I think that's so different than a client telling you they can't pay today. So they're going to bring you dinner. Right. Like that's not. And you have to be very careful with that because the one time that you say yes, usually like I feel I'll give it like a seven out of 10 percentage but most people ask that first time and they get that yes and then it can create a habit like Mm -hmm. that's once it's that first like initial yes then I feel like it it feels a little more comfortable that next time to ask again now just like pushing that boundary Mm -hmm. exactly because like the person that would be timid to ask is the person that probably needs it the most like the Mm -hmm. person that is quick to ask and quick to ask before you've even built that client relationship with you now know that's going to be the habit moving forward it's almost it ties back into what we talk about boundaries and guidelines Mm -hmm. when it comes to your business in general when it comes to no-show fees you know Mm -hmm. um deposits all of that those things it almost ties back into that same thing once you open that door it's very difficult to shut it again Totally. And it's just, it's like I said, it's like a one-way ticket to being burnt out when -hmm. you have clients that, you know, when the boundaries are nebulous and, or you find yourself in a situation where 
you know, you're trading services with multiple people a month. And then it's, you know, there's just a resentment that builds. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's very difficult too, for like your bookkeeping, like you said, like, I think, in my opinion, I would rather know my income coming in, and then Mm -hmm. know my expenses going out personally, my lashes are not my business, my business expense, my Mm -hmm. lashes, I mean, I don't get lashes done. But if I get my lashes done, that's coming from my personal income, my personal expenses. So that shouldn't even be expensed out as a part of my business or even be Mm -hmm. in the realm of conversation financially in my business finances. That has to do with a personal decision. So that overlapping alone is a bookkeeping nightmare because you're already mislabeling necessities within your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that I think it's a slippery slope like we've all said is it just can snowball into I mean you might look fly but your bank account's not gonna look fly I just I, it's almost <laughs> like I almost feel like it's like a gift card like yeah like a weird mental thing where it's like yeah someone will buy a gift card but then when they come in for the service that I feel like I'm working for free like it's like a weird mental like it is even I though it's when not people, yeah I don't like your cards for that reason so I only do like sometimes some of my clients like around the holidays a lot or like a birthday will be like do you have gift cards or like a family member will reach out and I'll be like Ugh, fine you know yeah but like I hate doing gift cards because just like you said like I know the money is already deposited into my business account but then when I see the person I'm just sitting there like like, or then it's like, like, like oh this is free conversation of <laughs> but like, it's not. I know it's, it's happened to me before like both hats and hair then it's like exceeding the amount of the gift card and it's not that like, that should invoke anxiety for me because that's not my fault but then it does feel like it does because then you're like so your balance is still like, <laughs> oh totally well here's what i here's i mean the, I just tell them I take all major credit cards so they can buy any Visa, MasterCard, American Express gift card. And I'm happy to say what the cost of their typical services if they want to buy it for a specific amount. Yeah. That's because a perfect way of doing it. Yeah. Because honestly, like the amount I, I've sold gift cards a handful of times and I've had to chase down every single one. <sighs> yeah. No, but it it's, it's like, it's just a mental thing though. Just that whole, yeah. like, you know, the resentment of like, I'm working for free you know? Right. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Even with like, but like, like we were saying, um, you know, having like those parameters set in place, like in those boundaries, like Demi is the only person that I, you know, quote unquote trade services with, like we don't pay each other, but like all Mm -hmm. the other girls in the salon, I do their nails like at cost, you know? Mm -hmm. So like what my supplies cost me and everything like that, like they, you know, pay that amount versus like a full price. But at the same time, like, usually if I need or like, if I have some clients moving away, or I have some gaps that are filled, I know that I can look at them and be like, Oh, I have some, you know, like some empty spaces I need to fill and they'll be like, Oh, my client so and so wanted in and I would rather pull from those girls like and those recommendations or other clients, than. I mean, I know this a random awful, person that you're taking never met. a random yeah. person off of Instagram. So to 100%. Me, yeah. So to me, like that little bit of 
a cost difference in the long run will benefit me because then I get a known person in my chair versus an unknown. Totally. Yeah. Like that leads me to like what I do with like the girls at the salon. Like, well, I really only Bella, I do her hair. I, I don't mind if the other girls were to ask me for me to do theirs too. Um, it doesn't necessarily bring me business as in bodies in my chair because my, my clients at my client book is at capacity and I don't take new clients, but being the salon owner, it builds a connection that's important as far as a connection between us and the people working in our space. I'm capable of doing it because we're on a smaller scale. So we Mm -hmm. have two stylists right now and a nail artist. So if, Bella asks to get her hair cut. I actually have her cut my hair too. So that's an even swap. And we do it on a day that we're both not taking clients. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's also just about having that rapport with like the people in your salon. If you can do it on a smaller scale, I have that relationship with one other person. And let's say somebody's like, can you cut my curtain bangs, which happened one of the times that Bella and I were cutting each other's hair. Absolutely. I have no problem doing that. It almost Mm -hmm. becomes like a little bit of an educational moment where I can show them the positioning that I do as I'm cutting their bangs into their hair. And that's great. Now, if I had a full day of foilage from 9am to 7pm, and it was everybody's hair we were foilaging, and it was a work day, that's different than that's now it's overlapping into my client's day or it's overlapping into a day that needs to be focused on the hat and cabin side and salon back end side. Then we talk about having to have a different conversation. So it's, it's about finding that balance, I think too, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Totally. And it's just, I think the important thing to remember, cause you're talking about like, to me, that's like community building. Right. So like, within that's the space, a little bit like you're more, the salon right. owner, like, you're, right. you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. to me a little bit different. Like, yeah, you know, the, the girls. Yeah, that's that's a little bit different. I'm talking about like just being in a situation in which you're constantly giving and receiving services, yeah. right? Like in a cycle, you know. Mm-mm. I feel like the older I get, the harder it is on my body to to do nails. So the idea of coming in an extra day to do, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of sets of nails in exchange for other things is just kind of like, yeah, no, I'd rather just pay. Yeah. And then like, also, like, I don't know if you guys can relate to, but like my schedule is crazy. Like sometimes I don't want to move. Like yesterday was the first Sunday. And I think we counted six weeks that we able, we were able to like make coffee and sit on the couch with our, our pets. And I think Maddie, our daughter visited us for about 20 of those minutes, but (laughs) like meaning we just had nothing going on. I would have been like somewhat annoyed if I'm like, oh fuck I traded and now I gotta go get a facial that sounds like a first world problem I know it does (laughs) but like maybe I don't want to be held to that expectation of needing to then take that on if maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not capable of it in this month of like now I'm like well if I don't well then what what happens I already did their hair and now it's not going to be an even trade but I really don't have time to go get a facial considering what's going on in my schedule this month but I don't know. For me, I think with my schedule too, I don't want to be held to any expectation <laughs> of adding anything. Well, let's just put it sort of this way. There's a reason why like a podcast with three beauty industry veterans, uh, we all have very similar feelings about yes. it because we've all <laughs> right. done it. You know, and we've I, all I, been I, burned. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even intentional sometimes, no, you know, and not. I just, you know, I, I, there was a, a client I had that um, she's an acupuncturist. So I would give her a discount on doing her nails, but then she would give me a discount on the acupuncture, but the acupuncture was still like a hundred dollars. So it's still, you know, it just didn't. And then I was busy and then it just, it just didn't, it doesn't it just work. Didn't end up working out, you know? Yeah. So if you're going to barter, be strategic is what we're saying. So if you're yeah. going to trade, be strategic about it and, you know, set parameters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if it's a one for one thing, like that's a different story. If you're a producer that hires me on a lot of jobs and you have a special event that you're going to, and you want to come get your nails done. Yeah. But like the work that you're bringing me for that, that's a little different. Yeah. You know? Right. That's a little, that, that's a one-time thing. That's not a continuous cycle of it. So don't get guilted by people on the internet that want to brag about how they have no boundaries because it's not a good, it's not, not a, a good, good way vibe. to live your life. It's you a one ticket to burn no. out town. You shouldn't be doing chicken services will not for chicken. Pay for your house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I literally, I sent Melissa that and I was like, kill me now like I can't have even to, believe I'm gonna have to scroll back and see if I still have it so I can send it to Demi <laughs> yeah I feel like I need to be looped into this now like well, I, and I mean I ended up like turning off like you know where you can turn like you don't block the person but you just don't see responses to comments because people yeah. were just like you obviously don't know what you're talking about and I'm like okay <laughs> right like right. I went through the comments after and I was like are they really attacking Rachel for having like a business savvy mind? Like it was wild. It was a whole different experience on the internet. That people are wild in these streets when it comes to social media. Like, I mean, I, we are fortunate. We don't get a lot of troll comments. Mm-hmm. I never even knew Melissa got troll comments. And then I got my first troll comment on the hat page and I came in like hyperventilating in a paper <laughs> bag practically. And she's like, oh yeah, I like just deleted puke emojis off my nail post the other day. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this we could have gotten through this together had I known you've experienced it too my favorite was when someone left me one in Russian so I had to find out I was being insulted through Google Translate yes those are my favorite yeah that one I was like block I guess like I'm not gonna fight with you you don't have to like what I do that's fine but I mean I just like I think that it, it it is pretty crazy to me because I think that what people need to remember if they're building a business is at the end of the day it is not about your followers it is but at the end of the day it's about your numbers that are coming into your your bank account your sales numbers right like well, it's what that converts to like right conversion. your engagement and and your followers are great but if that's not monetizing for you then that can't be considered a part of your business income if you mm-hmm. figured out how to monetize it then i will have you know i'll sit back and i'll cheer you on but if you're not monetizing off of it then please with all due respect don't give me business advice because it's mm-hmm. the the oh, it doesn't work it doesn't work until you're making money off of it no and it's so true yeah. And I think it's it's just people need to understand that saying no for your business is okay. And as long as you can word it in a way that's very respectful um, and true to what your brand and your business is, then feel confident in saying no. Don't be scared to say no. Just because somebody reaches out to you with maybe what seems like a very large account and it may feel intimidating if you're newer in our industry, if it doesn't align or feel right, don't 
feel any intimidation to just say, thank you so much for inquiring. But at this point, I, like my claim to fame was I used to always respond, I'm at capacity for collaborations. Like that's mm -hmm. what I've used for all three. <laughs> Cause like the cabin too, like sometimes you'll get somebody that reaches out and you're like- A vacation collab, I love it. <laughs> how do yes. I get in, you're like, how do I get in on this scam? <laughs> now, uh, yeah, I need to get in on that. The amount of times that we've <laughs> been reached out to. And like, there are some that like, I maybe respond differently to leave that door a little more open because- it does look like something that could make sense. Like, and in that line, like if I see that you travel in the North Carolina area, you're constantly getting content of Airbnbs or, or cabins. Um, you constantly talk about what to do in the area where our cabin is. That is a relationship I don't want to close the door on. Now, 100%. one time we were reached out to a YouTubing couple that was traveling through South America. What the hell <laughs> am I going <laughs> to offer you with our triangle A-frame and fucking North Carolina. Let's be honest here. The only thing I'm going to do is lose money, pay for our cleaning fee, because we still got to pay that when you leave, and mm -hmm. we're not going to get bookings from it. Like no, absolutely. Well, and I think, like, we can relate also, because we actually, you know, and it could, I don't have an Airbnb. I wish. California is expensive. But, <laughs> like, we're lucky we have a house. But, <laughs> you know, we do also have businesses in which we sell tangible goods. And I've got a handful of artists that I know personally that I send product to that have like affiliate codes. Melissa being one of them. Yes, Shout I out am. MLH. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I sent out some gifting of some new launches and I've been hit mm -hmm. up a lot for people wanting, you know, to know if I would send them product. And I just have to be very honest with them. And I'm like, listen, like our stock racks are in my husband's home office. Like we're very small, like. It's just not something that we have, you know, the bandwidth to support right now. Keep in touch, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. But you, know, you just have to be treat people with grace because they don't know, you know, they don't know they're the 20th person that's reached out to you. Right. Exactly. Like that's like even with your responses, I think that like you can like that's always the way I've worded it is like we're at capacity for our collaborations like I know that I jokingly just said like what the fuck is that going to bring business wise yeah in this safe setting but when I I responded thank you so much for reaching out we are at capacity currently if anything changes I will definitely let you know right like you don't have to be like <laughs> right delete after that <laughs> like I might say in this setting like you travel South America what the hell is it going to bring me in North Carolina? But to them, uh, thank you so much for reaching out. <laughs> thank you so much. At this point, we're not able to accommodate it. And like, even with the hats, like now we're at the point where we're making trucker hats too. So like for some of our, our, you know, customers that have done multiple customs with us, like we just sent out a custom to one of our really great customers. We threw in a trucker hat for her. Like it wasn't that she expected yeah. it. We just decided why not give her a, a custom trucker along with her custom hat as a thank you for all the business she's given us. Absolutely. But yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> like, right. You know, that's that to me is like, that's like, that's like a VIP client. Like that's something right. special for yes. somebody. And that's well thought out. And she'll probably buy hats from you forever because of that. Yes. Right. That's building a relationship, I think. Yeah. Well, I think that we no have hats for chicken though. No, no, no hats for chicken. No, no. <laughs> oh, how would that work? Can I mail you chicken? 
Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Send me a wild, send me a wild pork order. Um, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, that Melissa, you could at least deliver the chicken straight to me next. Door. I know I you, could. <laughs> you could even DoorDash it. Like, <laughs> but I think you know, I think there's a time and a place for everything, like regardless, you know, of the business. And I think it's just you know, just be really mindful of like what your boundaries are and what you hope to get out of it. I think that's kind of the like the bow I feel like. I agree. Have your, I, I think we've touched on it enough, have your business goals. If your business goals align with needing to do some collaborations and trading, and that's what your business model will call for, your business plan will call for. If you're doing it strategically, then it makes sense. You just mm-hmm. have to know what your purpose and what you want for business business growth, excuse me, will be. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Thank you for coming to our TED talk. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you for doing girl math with us. Being on our TED talk. Girl math. If if they buy a gift card and come (laughs) a month later, I'm working for free. (laughs) I am terrified to stay at their cabin. If I go and spend $25 on chicken, I can get my hair and nails done. Exactly. Oh, man. Bless. Yes. Yes. Bless. But yeah, and also just remember, uh, people have figured out on the internet how to look like they know what they're talking about and to make it very aesthetic. But like, please trust people that know what they're actually talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Canva is a free app. Is a reminder that we all need to remember. Uh, Canva is free. So is Chat GPT. (laughs) That is another one. Yeah, that's another topic for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I just figured out how to turn off notifications via uh, during Zoom and use my husband's AirPods. So Chat GPT is on a whole nother. They got it. (laughs) I think I I used Chat GPT for a caption one time, and I was like, I cannot post this. This doesn't even sound like me. I was like, oh my. God. You know, we you don't want to create it. mesmerizing, enchanting nail art looks that'll take your nail art goals to the next level. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, if I have a whole issue, I'll just send my caption idea to Rachel and be like, Rachel, make this sound like me. <laughs> I will tell you that we used it just to kind of test out and see for um hashtags. So like if oh, you're kind of that. running dry on like hashtags and like trying to figure out something like that. It is something that you might want to look into for that. I mean, we used it once. I say that very loosely because then we never <laughs> used it again. Because it was like, like it was for our trucker hats. And mm-hmm. they were like, it was just trucker and then another word next to it. So it was like, trucker life, trucker this, trucker that. Type in trucker and then see what comes up. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if we're at the point where the robots are going to take us over yet, (laughs) but no, at least in our industry, I think our our beauty industry, it's still safe for a while. For a while. They are like the male robots though, so. Hopefully by that time comes though, we'll all be retired out. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) One day at a time. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was great chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I God bless whoever's editing this to make sense of our uh, stream of consciousness. Uh, no, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't even know how to conquer chat GPT. So I think I gave myself away on who edits. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good definitely great chatting and it's definitely awesome to be in a safe place to say what we're thinking without it feeling um like you have to turn off your notifications for comments oh 100 percent. or put it through google translate to find out how people feel about you yes both of those (laughs) things that's my favorite i love when i see a comment in a different language i'm like yes means i've made it you feel like you've got something I still need to get to that point. I think I still am at the breathing in a paper bag point, but hopefully I'll get there. You guys are goals. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, as always, if anybody has any questions or wants us to tackle any topics, you're more than welcome to DM us at the Beauty Beast Podcast on Instagram. Or you can email us at the Beauty Beast Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And we'll catch you next time. Till next time.